Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast. We are the Dashleys, Dallin and Ashley. What's and up? We are technically on a cruise ship. So if you hear any like weird sounds, or we can't turn our air conditioner off. We've tried. We're on a <laughs> boat. It's super creaky and we're floating on the ocean. So there there might be a couple sounds here and there, but try and bear with us. We just went, before we got onto our cruise ship, we had a stopover, a planned stopover in Denver. And we, I totally fangirled. I have this lady who I follow on Instagram, who is my favorite, one of my favorite Instagrammers. And I watch all of her stories and like take notes on them. Her name is, um, well, her Instagram name is Simply On Purpose. And her real name is Ralphie. And she is just, she's, like my super, She's like a super mom. A super mom. And her whole philosophy is gentle, compassionate parenting. Um, she calls it authoritative parenting where you like lead with compassion and gentleness and understanding, but you still have a mindset of a teacher. Um, and High expectations. High expectations and just trying to like give your child the best shot and let them become their best person, but also teach them the skills that they need to like thrive in a home, in a family, and in society. So we wanted to share with you some of our like some of our biggest takeaways. Definitely if you have the chance, we'll definitely go and follow her and then if you have the chance, she gives workshops around the United States and go with your husband or your spouse or your significant other or just go with yourself and we learned so many good things that just like resonated i feel like when i learn a truth or something that is good and right it just like i feel it in my heart and the whole class it was just i felt like in my heart that these were things that were going to help me be a better parent and be a better mom and then be a better um teammate to dallin and so that we could be on the same page finally Mm -hmm. and have like a shared experience where we learned about parenting and Something that we can refer back to when specific situations arise with parenting and have an action plan together, you know, because for too long, it's been actually wanting to do a certain way and me resorting to other ways or and, just tagging along with me and not knowing why and just reacting and getting frustrated with kids behavior. And I just it, this was really eye opening for me in a lot of ways. And we're definitely not going to be able to get through everything. This is a five hour, six hour our conference and uh, so we're just going to share some of our takeaways and you'll have to go and and learn more from our instagram and a conference if you want to go this is not sponsored by the way just something that we really really wanted to do and learned a ton about and wanted to share with you guys i think my first like my first thing that i would give you guys to make a goal in your life is just to figure out kind of what your parenting style is slash what you want your parenting style to become and then find a place or a conference or a book to read with your spouse or your like whoever you're raising your kids with whatever your situation is just so you guys can be on the same page and can have like a common place or book that you can refer to so it's not just one person calling the shots yeah if you are raising with a partner a lot of people have to raise them by myself like i well i had a dad till I was eight and then he passed away and we still have him but he, yeah he's passed away when I was eight and my mom raised me the rest of the time and so whatever your situation might be um just have a plan I mean that's what this has given me I wish I had a plan before our kids were born <laughs> but at least we have them now when they're two and one I just know it's been there's been a lot of like 
I don't know if it, the word would be fights, but like disagreements over how, how we handle our children because we're doing it together. And it would have been really helpful for us to have a plan and a like to have learned some things together. Yeah, that are based on like science and child development principles and things like that. So let's dive in, Ash, okay. and share some of our insights from this workshop. Yeah, so like we said, we're not like going through it. Like it's not our like workshop to like share with you, but we wanted to share with you our biggest takeaways and the things that kind of just like resonated the most with us. Um, and one of mine was I learned about a thing called the growth mindset. And I think Dallin already knew a lot about it. I've read this book, but it was good to hear it again. I've just been a few years. I heard it and she was talking more about teaching your kids to have a growth mindset and a growth mindset um, focuses kind of around the word yet, like when like ver- when you verbalize it. So instead of saying, I can't do this, you add yet in and it, it becomes, I can't do this yet. And as you like work on something and work on something, it moves from, I can't do this yet to this is hard, but I can still do it. And then like the final goal is to get to a place where you can say, I can do it. And I feel like I'm kind of a perfectionist with a lot of things in my life and not like normal things like I'm pretty I'm pretty chill with like things not going as planned but as far as like feeling like I'm in control of my life I guess I would maybe it's not perfectionist but I like to feel like I have a handle on things and that things are in control and like I know the plan and the schedule and everything and kids have a really fun way of just throwing everything through the loop and they're I mean, I would say that we learned a lot in our own, like, marriage therapy. Like, it is, it's impossible to control someone. Control is an illusion. It's an illusion. You can coerce them. You can, like, scare them into doing something or bribe them into doing something or blackmail them into doing something. But it's impossible to, like, truly control a person. And I felt like I had been trying to control my kids a lot or feeling so stressed because I didn't have control of them in... Like social, like at the playground, like when, when, if George would hit another person's kid, like, or like I would dread these moments and feel like at a loss of how to control those things. And the truth, and I felt like just a weight lifted off of me when she talked about this, because like, I can't control these things. I can teach, I can put George in environments where he can thrive, hopefully, or like has a better opportunity to thrive. But the most that I can do is just teach him and try and help him to understand and to learn um, so that he can be a wonderful, like, person and thrive in social situations. But I can't control. So instead of... That's where all the frustration comes from when your child isn't listening to you, right? At least for me. You're trying to... So, like, you're like, why aren't you listening to me? And they're just like, oh, because I don't want to be here. (laughs) Like, they're very practical. I don't know. Like, it's hard to know. (laughs) So Um, it's like... Just, just let go and understand that they're children, basically. And, and I don't know. That seems like, well, are you ever going to teach your kids anything? But it's basically kind of the balance that we'll talk about a little bit in this podcast that we was really eye opening for us. Yeah, totally. Um, what do you got for us, Dal? My biggest thing that I took away was understanding, you know, how to shape a child's behavior, and certain approaches that I learned growing up or have seen modeled in other parents that I've, that I've watched 
has not worked. I mean, that being um, punishment. <laughs> and I learned that punishment does not work. And the best way to shape a child's behavior is to reinforce um, reinforce good things that they do rather than to punish bad things that they do. I think she talked a lot about, like, punishment, a lot of people will argue, it does work. Like, it, it actually works the fastest. But no, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. No, it only it, works momentarily. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it works fast, but it doesn't work forever, and it doesn't sh- it doesn't like teach or sink in, or like change how your child thinks, or it doesn't give them the appropriate why. Like they shouldn't be kind because if they're not kind, someone won't be kind to them. It should be, I want to be kind because my parents are kind, and they're excellent models of kindness, and when I'm kind, I make more friends and I grow my relationships and I become interconnected with other people and I thrive. Yeah. So basically if your kids are just super obedient only because you're making them be obedient or like thinking about George, like if he's only obeying because he knows that he's going to get hit if he doesn't obey, then that's taking away all of his agency. I don't hit George, by the way. I never have. I just I just use hit as like as, as thinking of punishment or just like shout at him or center nose or whatever. Like um, then he, that takes away all of his agency. He's not choosing for himself for the right reasons. He's just doing it out of fear. And that is not how God parents me. He allows me to choose for myself. He's probably like sad when I choose wrong. I know he is, but he allows me to choose for myself to choose the right. And, and I know what's expected of me. And that makes me want to like choose for myself, and I am blessed when I do choose the right. And I want George to feel the same way growing up, where, like, not how Satan wanted to parent us all by forcing us to do the right thing and not letting us choose for ourselves. But I want to raise George reinforcing the good behavior and giving attention to all of his good behavior and kind of letting bad behavior die through lack of attention or redirecting bad behavior into like acceptable good behavior because we're like teaching him how to behave in a social setting and and she said the best way to do that is through well let me just read the quote this quote was like the kicker for me it's from dr sw bijou bijou i'm not sure if that's a man or a woman but they said research has shown that the most effective way to reduce problem behavior in children is to strengthen desirable behavior through positive reinforcement rather than nodding or rather than trying to weaken undesirable behavior through negative processes. And that just kind of hit me like, wow, I've been trying to, I've been giving all of my attention to George or James when like they are exhibiting undesirable behavior. And then when they're behaving well, that's when I go try to get stuff done. <laughs> Don't give them any attention. So I, I'm going to flip that. And it like, you know, like the hope is, eventually like they'll be able to be independent and have a good time and play with friends and like follow like our the rules of our home and the rules of society they're just really young right now and those are the behaviors that Dallin and I are focusing on like kindness soft touch um, taking turns like all those things and the times when we should be stepping in the most is during playtime when they're exhibiting like taking turns or when George is kind to James or when James is not smacking George on the head. Like those are the times <laughs> where we should be like entering the situation attention. and praising them and like vocalizing like, oh my gosh, like 
you're such a good brother. Look how you're taking turns. You're helping James to feel like she's your friend. And Uh like, oh my gosh, like when you were playing with her, you guys were being so kind to each other. Yeah. And praising and giving all this attention because I guess I learned that uh, how powerful attention actually is and how much a kid craves attention and how much how necessary that is for a child's brain development and so that is the one number she said that's the number one most powerful reinforcer for a child's behavior when is your attention when i was in teachers i always call it teacher school <laughs> it's probably like a stupid thing to call it teacher school um when i was in college to learn to become a teacher like um, early childhood education major and then uh, more when i was actually a teacher there was a lot of continuing ed they would a lot a big focus was misbehavior and how to have classroom management and ha- how to handle students who weren't adhering to classroom rules and like after all the normal things like having like group meetings about the rules and having the rules posted and, and role playing what it looks like to follow the rules um we talked about like what to do when when a child is misbehaving and the first thing that they said was like make sure not to like give too much attention to the child who is and one of the ways who is misbehaving well they talked a lot about like the power of a child's name and like even just hearing your name whether it's in good context whether someone's yelling it at you whether you're in trouble if you hear your name it like releases something in you that is like intrinsically rewarding like kids love hearing their name mm-hmm. so when we were suppo- when we were they challenged us that if we had needed to correct a child or to call attention to a misbehavior to not say their name to somehow like either through proximity or like like you know like I can talk to you without saying your name and you know I'm talking to you but to try not to say their name because interesting um they did a lot of studies where, like, the most that kids heard their names was when they were misbehaving. And for for kids who are, like, thriving in a classroom situation, it's fine. Um, but for kids who are um, not thriving and you're constantly being like, Ryan, Ryan, stop it. Like, he's constantly hearing his name and it feels good to hear, to be talked to and to hear your name. They did a lot of studies, but I thought that was super interesting. Like, it was just tied to the attention factor. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot better at giving my attention to the good and trying to let the bad behavior, the inconsequential behavior, die through inattention. And she said, she kind of broke it down between inconsequential and consequential behavior. And because I had a hard time with this, like, well, because you're going to want to step in if you see bad behavior. Like, are you just going to let James scratch the face off of George, like, forever? And uh, so she said, basically, consequential behavior is when things are getting damaged or destroyed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So she said, basically, consequential behavior is when things are getting damaged or destroyed. So like physically hurting somebody, um, that's that's beyond just a, a quick punch. <laughs> she also talked about siblings, how they learn to like interact in society is like sometimes they're just going to fight and you just let it happen. James is kind of a hard but, ticket because she's still so little. I know. So like, there's still the baby aspect. I think so we can use that. Like if I'm all like think through that one out loud. So James, one of her things right now is she likes to like scratch your face or to pinch. It's mostly when she's so if I look at all the situations when she's done that, it's mostly when she's not getting paid attention to or I think it's when she wants attention. Um mm-hmm. so like if Dallin is talking to me and holding James, she'll do that to him. And I think she's learned over time that when she does that, we pick her up because she's hurting another kid or we like play with her more to try and distract her. Yeah. Um so that's like a whole cycle that I don't really know for sure how to break. But what going forward, I guess what I would do in that is this I would also scares me because is it like you have to be like giving attention to your kids 24 seven? Like, like you want to you still have to get things done around the house. No, I know. So you like pick and choose. Um, we give them a lot of attention. It's just yeah. where. Like how how often are we like trying to cajole George out of throwing a tantrum or like I'm with them twenty four seven like when you're working and stuff like that's it's me with them so uh-huh. it so might be like, like redirecting bad behavior into like good behavior that you want to give attention to and then making sure you acknowledge and give attention and praise and love hold and on admiration I'm for walking good through this situation oh are we t- so here. that's James's issue right now so moving forward. Um, I would still classify it a lot as inconsequential. Um, and so we would probably have some family meetings where we, as a family, practice what safe, soft touching looks like. Uh-huh. Um, just so that would be really great for George. And James would probably get into it just so, especially when we correct her, she understands that word like safe touch, soft touch. And then I think if so, if she hurts George, instead of picking James up, I would go to George and take care of him and help him be taken care of. And then I would just, like, James wouldn't be getting any attention. Like, I wouldn't leave her alone or anything, but instead of running to James when she hits George, I would run to George and Mm -hmm. take care of him and make sure he's doing better and talk to him like, I'm so sorry, like, that baby hit you. Our family, like our rule is soft touching and like that didn't happen to you and I'm so sorry like what can I do to make you feel better and then redirect James after that like not give that behavior like what we've been doing right now has it's just been getting worse and worse like being like no we don't hit like I guess it only happens when we're not giving them attention so well like we can't but if it happens what if George learns he gets attention by letting baby hit him he doesn't no one wants to be hit but she gave that example the two-year-old and the four-year-old They know they just have to endure this for a little bit, then they get all sorts of attention from mom and dad. Well, I mean, like, she's not two. She's one. And if she scratches really hard, like, it's really painful. So, like, I can run to George and help him out. Right. And then, like, redirect James. Mm -hmm. And if it's, like, a thing where it's happening over and over and over again, like, probably that activity isn't a fun, a good activity right now. And we need to, like, switch environments. Yeah. 
like kindergarten, it was every 10 minutes we needed to switch environments Mm -hmm. as far as like activities or what we're doing. Like babies are full time. If you send them to daycare or you send them to preschool, like as a teacher, I was like all day with them, instructing them and giving them new activities like every 20 minutes. Like it's not that they don't need attention. Like they do need attention if it's just, do we have like, and we do, that's why I stay home. That's mm-hmm. why I work. I, my work is my children right now. Yeah. So it's for you. I think it could sound scary because that's not your work. Like you're. Yeah. It I'm is, like, am I ever going to get any work but it's, done? It's a lot like how I'm going to do things because I'm like, you're for sure like a wonderful dad, but kind of our role is I'm the primary caregiver uh-huh. right now while you do like the amazing work things. Thank you for saying amazing work things. So I think what you're doing is I'm like, when you're like, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, what do you mean, Dallin? This is what I do every yeah. day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Like, okay. I'm with them all day. Yeah, so. you are. You are. And it's just the attention that you're giving them and we're fo- what we're focusing on. And we're going to focus on the good. I mean, she said uh, there's a huge correlation between positive reinforcement and misbehavior. Meaning that if misbehavior is high, then positive reinforcement is low. So on the opposite side, if positive reinforcement is high, then less and less time is is left for them to like misbehave. So so focus on positive behavior. That's the big number one thing wrapping up. Hope that makes sense. What's next, Ash? I really liked she just seemed like nothing got to her. Like nothing got she see I felt like the word I used with Dallin was armor. Like it felt like she had such a strong armor so she talks a lot about like inconsequential behavior and the issue with inconsequential behavior i think with me and probably with dallin is that it like eats away at you like whining or crying or tantrums to the point where like i am not the calm rational parent like i become an angry parent and that's when like that's when things get even worse and you start acting out of anger instead of like intentional Uh intentionally for for your child's development and she said and I think a lot of the anger is I try and do things to stop the behavior. Um, and it doesn't work because it's things to, that try and either like co- coerce or con- especially with tantrums and and like whining. Um, and it I shouldn't put that on myself. Like it's not my job to stop that behavior. Like that's him. It's, it's stressful trying to control everything. She, she talked about timeout which I really enjoyed and she talked about how it doesn't have to be punitive and I think it could be and we've tr- we've done this a lot with George like um I've just never really understood it until now and I like me either I was like I hope this is the right way yeah so she said instead of time out it's time to learn how to manage your emotions basically let me throw this into like I'm a huge pro- I'm a huge like advocate for time in where Instead of sep- like instead of isolating a child, especially a toddler who's having a hard time, like first try time in where like a lot of times George is crying because he just is stressed or he's an- anxious or he's in a situation where he doesn't feel comfortable or he's he just he's scared or hungry and like time in is essentially where you give them like love and compassion and affection first and if that doesn't help like. And a lot of times it doesn't help if, like, they're not hungry and if they don't just want to be cuddled for a second. If they're just, like, losing their mind. And she was like, they lose their mind. Like, they start being ruled by 
what did you call it? Like their alligator brain or like the primal, yeah, the, amygdala. the amygdala. If that's where they are, where they're just like not in fight or flight mode, they are not thinking. If like you talk about losing your mind, it's true. They've lost their mind. Like, they are not thinking with like their prefrontal full cortex. Full on tantrum. Like the kindest thing you can do for your child at that moment is to not ask them to like, is to not expect them to be coherent or to or listen. To like, listen. They're not thinking. It's true. They've lost their mind. The so, kindest like, thing you can you do. You have in that to moment. teach them to how to manage those emotions, and to that's be, what she talked yeah, about. Yeah, to be safe for you, like you don't. No one wants to hold like a tantruming child. It's like it's dangerous, yeah. and you don't want them to hurt themselves. And the kindest thing you can do is like a time out situation. And she calls it your calm place, whatever you yeah. want to call it. So with I your love kid. this because it's not to punish them. It's not like you sit in there and think about what you've done. They're not thinking about what they've done. They're, she's like, she's like, this is what they're thinking. Huh, there's a fly on my ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> huh, I'm hungry. And the, I think the core... They are not associating this with what they did. The core part of Time Out that, um, that we didn't do, and that I think a lot of people don't do, I did do it in kindergarten. I don't know why I don't do these things in my house. It's just hard to know when your baby is not a baby anymore. Well, it makes anymore. sense about why you were taught to do those things. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. For Time Out, you need to, like, set the stage for Time Out. And call it whatever you want. Calm down spot. Like, no, she says, let them set the stage. Let them decide whatever they want to do. She's yeah. like, okay, it looks well, like you need some help calming down. Let's no, do this together. Hold on, hold on. Oh, what? For, so the first thing you need to do is like have a family meeting or a family get together where you where you f- talk about like what this is. Like, like we've noticed that there are times where you have a really hard time and you're just crying so much and you seem so mad and so sad. And those times are times where you probably need to have some alone time and you need a spot to calm down. And then you say, she's like, we're still working on this as adults, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, we are. And I was like, yeah, I was never taught to like, I mean, manage my emotions effectively and like have a time out just to or do like something healthy to cope with my emotions and, re- and self-regulate. Like and that's I not a huge thing that was like taught to me. It's up. even like, like I, when we first got married, like I kind of naturally like am a recluse. So when I am feeling like I'm losing it or like anxiety or I just need time away, like I go away. And like, that was really hard for Dallin at first, especially because like a lot of, I get a lot of anxiety at like big family gatherings and like, I need to like take time away and find my, like just my calm place, find my calm. Um, but that he didn't even like then you didn't you were like what are you doing yeah um so just like and i think george would really get it if we like walked around and we were like george where in the house do you want to be your calm down place like where what do you and ralphie was even like ask them what they want in it like what would help you calm down she's like you want to listen to music you want to play with your favorite toy do you want want some books in here and i think george would choose his room his room is really fun and has and and you just talk about like this is where you can come when you're having a hard time and probably mom and dad will help you right now decide when the time is to come to this place she says do you want to go there yourself or do you want me to help you like giving them so it's not like they only go when they decide like we can help we can make that decision but she talked a lot about giving the child control so it's i think right now you need to go to your calm down spot or time out do you want to go by yourself or do you want me to help you and i'm here to say like this is a magical trick (laughs) Down, I learned, I watched one of her, she did a story a while ago about counting to three and how that's really hard for a kid mm-hmm. and it takes away a lot of control and how it usually just leads to a breakdown. And she was like, I challenge you guys to try counting to 10 
And don't just count to 10, it's count to 10 and give them a choice. And it's, do you wanna do this by yourself or do you want me to help you? I'm gonna count to 10, you choose. Cause you're the authoritative parent, like you still have stewardship over this child to like help them become civilized. But you're still giving and ready when they leave the house. A but choice. like you also are giving them a choice and helping them choose for themselves. They just, and... It's a limited choice. Yeah, so but like George, I this do was a this, game changer for George. It literally changed our lives. Yeah. Dallin at first was like, why are you counting to 10? And sometimes people outside are like, to 10? <laughs> Cause it's such a normal thing to count to three. Uh-huh. And it's not like a one, like it's not fast and it's not like I'm mad it's just George we need to get in the car like we're going here do you want to get in by yourself or do you want me to help you I'm gonna count to 10 and he knows if I get to 10 then that's when I help him and there's like no questions asked that like there's no fight I help him even if he's not okay with it and like he 98% of the time by 10 is doing it himself going to bed brushing our teeth getting our hair done, like getting in the car, leaving a playground. It truly is magic. It's a wonderful thing. It gives them the respect of like finishing up what they're doing because it's really hard. And I learned this in kindergarten. It's really, really hard for a kid to just stop and to change what they're doing. Like they need warning and they need like they need to finish before they can transition. Like transitions are just a naturally hard thing for kids. So in kindergarten, like I would have a 10 minute warning and a five minute warning and a two minute warning and a one minute warning. And then our transition music would come on. Like there was, there was so much in place to like help them with this hard thing of stopping what you're doing and doing something else before you're necessarily ready to. And that's what the 10 second counting thing is. It's we're about to make a transition. I'm gonna count to 10. This is what I need you to do. You can either decide to do it by yourself or to do it with help. And it's fine if you need help. Like, it's not something that makes me mad. It's just, I'm going to help you do it at this point. Mm. And it's changed our life. And it's because of Ralphie. (laughs) Thank you, Ralphie. Um, Okay, so what's next, Ash? We've talked about behavior. um, and, And we've talked about, like, reinforcing good behavior and letting, like, bad behavior inconsequential bad behavior die or become extinct through lack of attention and uh, we talked about time out or time in or effective timeouts and using it as a place to cope and manage your emotions rather than to like punish them because punishment doesn't work have we talked about why punishment doesn't work I think we touched on it. I think there's so much to talk about consequential and inconsequential behavior and ignoring the junk. And I would just encourage you guys, like, I can't explain it the way she can and I can't get into it as well as she can. And I don't really want to try because it's like, it's just, I'm still kind of grasping that concept. So she has a dedicated story on her Instagram. That's one of her highlights. Yeah. One of her highlights on her Instagram And I would just like encourage you to go watch that and listen to that and think about it and there's a ton of other good dedicated stories yeah so go check her out at simply on purpose um i thought she, be cool. basically to wrap it up she said putting behavior on extinction is the process of eliminating or reducing a behavior by ignoring it and she said 81 percent of behavior of that of like the junk behavior or the inconsequential uh, behavior will go away within 30 seconds 94% of it will go away within one minute and 45 seconds. And she said the one, like, the one behavior that doesn't fall into that is tantrum, like, toddler tantrums. 
and maybe just toddlers in general. Yeah. Like this stuff she said applies to like everyone up into teenagers. Uh-huh. She's like she was like just give a little more time. Like if it's screaming or hitting or like Mom, she said I died yesterday. Did I die yesterday? She gave like, a lot no, of examples no, no. from her just family. Just like yeah, redirect them to something funny, something goofy, or just let it just ignore it and it'll go away within 30 seconds. And that self-control is something that um she also talked about i mean there's so much we could dive into but is there something else you have in mind ash um i want to read through some quotes but before that she talked a lot about setting the tone and again when i was a teacher this was like my forte and i just got out of the habit and i i probably think of george too much as a baby um and and that he's like too little for these kind of strategies but if things are going bad or things are going downhill or if your kids are losing it try and like bring something positive into the situation she gave the example of her kids were fighting in the back seat of her car on the way to school and she had like a choice she could either kind of get mad at them and she calls it watering the weeds and you know like get into a whole like grouchy discussion about fighting and like why do you do this like you guys should know to act better yada 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 or she could like try and stop the behavior by changing the mood and and by redirecting it so she said she'll turn on like a goofy song or she will like (laughs) she gave a funny example where she had like a little pretzel stick and she put it in her lip like you know when you stick a pretzel on like a dry part of your lip that is really wet it sticks there she just was being goofy and and being goofy and like the kids are like mom you're so weird why are you doing that and then they grabbed pretzel sticks and had them in the back of the car and they started, like, playing around with these pretzel sticks, acting like an old man as what they were doing. Like, ho, 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 look at me. I'm an old man with a pretzel in my mouth. And it was just this super goofy thing. And instead of, like, freaking out and, and like, punishing her kids or trying to control them, she just changed the mood by doing something fun, something goofy, and ignoring the bad behavior and redirecting them. And that was just really, really cool to, like, really cool example that she set there and made me want to be more in control of myself and not jump so quick to trying to control my kids' behavior, but instead, like, um, or try to fix my kids' behavior, but just redirect it to something good and try then and reinforce like, the good. Try and, like, be a leader. Like, try and, like, lead yeah, in the direction model. you want it to be in. In kindergarten, we used to, um, one of the biggest ways to, like, redirect behavior, especially if you have more than one kid, is to, like, so if one child is misbehaving, is to, like, hone in on another kid and be, like, oh my gosh, James, like, you are just so wonderful. Like, I love this picture you're drawing and I love how quietly you're sitting and I love that your hands are to yourself and I just love, you're just being such a great student. Like, being your teacher makes me so happy. And, like, you can watch across the room, like, other kids will straighten up or, like, kids who are goofing off will start working and then you can go and instead of talking to them about their misbehavior, as soon as their behavior changes and, like, giving praise and positive attention to one child other kids want it and they'll start changing to receive that for themselves and like as you see them start changing and it works like a charm guys then you can go and like reward their behavior and be like wow like i like you're working like you're even you're working and like like I don't know, like whatever the situation is, just praising over the top for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's always something good to find that you can praise and direct attention to. She she, she even said, "Oh, you're living today. Good job breathing." <laughs> She's like, "If you have to resort to that, like focus on the good and try to change the pattern of uh-huh. of attention giving." 
when I was in kindergarten, I had a really hard student, and like that's how that's how like we made it through the year. He would be like doing terrible things, but I would walk by his seat and see like that he had written his name, and like granted at that moment he was like throwing books across the room, and I would walk over and be like, "Oh my gosh, Ryan, like you remembered to write your name on the paper, and like look at your letter A." in your name like you did that perfect like go and look at our alphabet wall your a looks just like that a gosh you must have been listening in morning meeting when we practiced drawing a's like i'm so proud of you and he would stop like throwing books at someone and walk over and be so proud of himself and like be back on track and it was just giving positive reinforcement to like something and just ignoring the junk that he was doing and just trying like the goal is to get him back on track and behaving like the goal is just to encourage good behavior yeah that's really good oh man what else there's a lot of little things you want to just start saying some little things here's a good quote that just made me feel terrible after you more children are punished for mimicking their parents than forever disobeying them we should be what we want to see the grand curtis jeez that's sad and true. Um, I have one. Well, my quote was this one. This okay. big one. Okay, this is a big quote, but it's all like so just, it's juicy. Okay, this is Dr. Glenn Latham. He said, as parents, we must realize that children are in the process of becoming civilized. And our job as the parents is to civilize them. That is, teach them how to behave appropriately within the society of human beings. To judge children's behavior using adult standards is both inappropriate and unfair. Parents who get angry at a baby for crying are the ones who are behaving inappropriately, not the baby. Parents who strike a child for accidentally spilling his milk at the dinner table are behaving far less appropriately than did the child. For an adult to scream and holler at a screaming and hollering child is an example of an adult abandoning civility hence the adult is behaving far less appropriately than the than is the yet to be civilized child as parents therefore we must be very careful that we understand the behavior of the child and respond to it in a mature scientifically sound way like i've gotten mad at george for crying or or for like acting out just because i thought that that's the best way to help change and shape his behavior is to like punish the bad behavior but I just feel stupid now after reading this quote. Like, I just, well, I've learned now the truth about, like, child development and brain development is that the best way to change a behavior is through, um, you know, enforcing or reinforcing the good behavior and redirecting the bad behavior instead of directly punishing the bad behavior because they do not associate punishment with the behavior. They only associate punishment with the person that's giving the punishment and I never want George to think of me like and less than like his loving dad that wants the best for me and it's sad to realize that punishment doesn't work I mean it's it's good to realize that it's sad that I've resorted to punishment in the past but she got very clearly the point across that punishment doesn't work punishment is only a temporary thing that is like a quick fix that does not change long-term behavior and the only thing that punishing a child causes is making them want to get back at you for punishing them and if they can't now then they will later when they're older and leave the house and that's something that i never want ever for our kids okay i have another one more quote and then just 
some thoughts. It says, children are the living messages we send to a time we will not see. Um, I thought that was really powerful. She talked, she said some things like, um, talked about how our children like mimic us in all things and they're going to mimic us the way that they parent is going to be most likely the way that we parented them. So like we'll never get to see our great, great, great grandchildren, but they will um, experience a piece of us in the way that they are parented. And we can either um, like give them the gift of, of like compassionate parenting or, or something else. And if you want your grandchildren, your great, great, great grandchildren, or if you want to send that legacy, like, like we need to do that with our children now. And I just want to like reiterate, Dallin and I are so not perfect. Like there is a reason that we went to a parenting conference and it's because we felt like we were just kind of lost and didn't know if what we were doing was the right way or I the wrong way. I feel like I was way. always reacting rather than responding. I mean, you've learned a few tricks here and there, but I wanted to have a parenting game plan and be knowledgeable going into situations where my kid needs my guidance. And this is one parenting conference. Like we want to do more and to broaden our like horizons as far as like how we want to parent. Um, so we're definitely not experts. We just got really excited like this conference just touched our hearts and encouraged us so much and we wanted to share what we learned at this conference with you and i'm sure there's other conferences and other great things to learn and we definitely don't know everything and we're definitely not perfect we're just trying to become better for our kids and for our own sanity like it's really hard to feel like you don't know what you're doing it just feels really good now that ashley and are on the same page with you know how we want to approach things and we can we have a we have something to look back at and talk about when we want to choose, like, decide on a, a action plan moving forward. When something happens, we can, like, resort to, like, WWRD, what would Ralphie do, you know? <laughs> something like that, you know? And so it's it's really good to have an action plan together. And, shoot, we could talk forever, but um, we'll probably have to do another podcast in the future as, like, after we actually go and, and start implementing some of these things with George and James and do like a follow-up to see how it's going so far. And I guess we just encourage you guys to be um, be mindful about the way you parent and think about like... What you're giving your attention to. I guess what I'm trying to say, like, I feel like when I was a teacher, I like gave so much thought into how I would react to my students and how I was going to teach them something. And I feel like as a mom, I don't necessarily like do that. Like I'm not as as thoughtful about my processes and about my strategies and I just want to be more that way. I want to be more thoughtful and in, oh, the word is intentional about how I parent my kids and the messages I send them about like their behavior and who they are and all those things. So that is my challenge to you guys to join me in that challenge. That's good. Be one. more intentional. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so thank you guys for joining us for this podcast. Please leave us a review and uh, a rating if you haven't yet on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Thank you to the podcast supporters through Anchor. That means so much to us and it helps keep the podcast alive and going strong. If you want to like hear our thoughts in a more thought through sort of way... Go listen to the go read the blog post. Yeah, I wrote a blog post and I feel like I like translate way better through word than through 
like talking sometimes. We're just musing here on the podcast and kind of flipping through our notes. So that's where Ashley actually organized a bunch of her thoughts. It's on the dashleysvlog.com and you can go see that and all of our other blog posts there. There's also lists of our favorite things. There's lists of our gear, vlogging tips. And we're working There's on recipes. There's like mer- links to our merch and the Dashley sticker. We're working on a lot of recipes. We're doing a lot of work on the dashleysvlog.com. So go check it out if you haven't been there yet. I wish you guys could you can see subscribe too. how beautiful it is from where we are. We're sitting right by our balcony looking out on the... What ocean is this? Atlantic. The Atlantic Ocean. I remember that because it's next to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, cool. And it's just like the bluest, most pretty waters. So we're going to go and eat 100,000 calories. Yeah. And look at the ocean some more and think about eating more food and what we're going to order from room service. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And and just know how much we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Have a good one.